teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey, teacher friend, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another episode of Simply Teach. I am so excited to introduce to you my new online friend, Dr. Sam Fesich. She is our guest on the podcast today, and she is a college professor working with pre-service teachers. So if you're an aspiring teacher or doing student teaching or even just getting ready for your first year, listen in. You're going to get some great information here. And if you aren't a student teacher anymore, you're in the trenches doing the thing all day, every day, don't tune out because we do talk to you too. There's some tips she gives about working with student teachers, as well as her book, Magic, which I highly recommend you check out. It has some great encouragement for teachers of all experience levels. And we even touch on the topic of what to do if you don't feel passionate about being in the classroom anymore. And yeah, I think that a lot of teachers will probably find um, that a little bit relatable. I know you're going to love Sam. She's full of so much energy and so much passion. So let's go meet her. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Hey, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Yes, I'm super excited to have you here, a fellow podcaster, podcasting with each other. Um, I am looking forward to talking to you today because a lot of who I talk to are teachers in the classroom. And you are in the classroom, but you're working with teachers who are getting ready to go into the classroom. So talking to some of those pre-service teachers, and I'm excited to to talk about that side of teaching today. So will you introduce yourself to the listeners and what you teach and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Be happy to. So my name is Sam Fessich. I'm a professor at Grove City College, which is north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I get to teach future teachers all about ed tech and then also special education. I teach all the different grade uh, levels, so K to 12, and then also different subject areas within those grade levels. So I have my pre-K four friends, I have my middle level who are specializing in one or two uh, subject areas, and then my secondaries who are just focusing in on one subject area and diving deep into that content. And it is a blast. I love, love, love impacting future teachers. And I think that my why behind why I teach has really started to change, especially this school year. Before I wanted to teach, like to impact students that I'll never see through the work of our pre-service teachers. And now I just want to rock out with pre-service teachers because they are my jam. They are so much fun to work with their passion and their excitement, their heart for learning and learning all the things like give me all the things, all the resources, all the tools. It is like, unlike any other audience I've ever worked with because they, they just have this, this energy and this, this spirit that is unlike any other. And I truly am blessed to do what I do each day. I want to know your, journey to where you are now. Sure. Because I've read and listened to other podcasts that you started out in the classroom, Mm -hmm. but now you're here on a college campus. So what does that journey look like? Yeah, it's been a fun ride, uh, ups and downs, you know, just like a roller coaster. Um, So I started out um, getting a bachelor's degree in elementary education. And during my sophomore, junior year, my dad calls me, he goes, Hey, Sammy, there's a special ed certification. Maybe you should get that too. I was like, Oh, dad, I just want to be a first grade teacher. I'm not going to have students exceptionalities in my class. Uh, okay. So I can go back and be like, uh, you are so wrong and you're only 19. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I would, but like, so 
taking risks early on in, in my career is kind of what has led me to where I am today. So being open to new opportunities. So I went, uh, got my degrees and certification in special ed and elementary ed, and then I uh, rolled into a master's um, in special education. And after I received my master's degree, I was, I was afforded an amazing opportunity to work at a school just for students with disabilities, uh, K to 12 or five to 21, however you want to phrase that. And my classroom were students with multiple disabilities who were middle school age, like fifth grade through eighth grade ish. And it was such a humbling, amazing learning experience with them. We've done, we did a lot with assistive technology and that's kind of where my passion for educational technology came about. Cause I was that teacher that pulled that smart board out of the closet and used it with my learners and found I can influence these uh, these students with with technology and it can show what they know in different ways and so other teachers started using technology as well and then I kind of dabbled into a little bit of faculty trainings with different ed tech tools and assistive technologies and then that you know get, gave me an opportunity to go and get my ma- another master's in instructional tech and certification for our state and then that rolled into a beautiful opportunity for a PhD program uh, in design learning and technology, which was paid for it. I just couldn't say no to that. So I was like, oh, oh wow. I have to get that. So that was an amazing opportunity, uh, exploring how augmented reality can help students um, access their readers, their typically their typical textbooks and through augmented reality and having the story come to life. And it was so much fun. And now I remember like sitting there like in April and it was like almost time for graduation uh, for at Penn State for the PhD. And I remember looking on a job uh, job search and I saw this job here at Grove City, instructional technologist, and you get to teach future teachers. And I like had to do a double take and refresh the browser a couple of times. I couldn't believe that that was an <laughs> option and that's something I could do. And, and I I've been here for six years. Um, I've started being uh, a, a professor, um, you know, full-time professor here, and it, it's just been an amazing ride. I truly, truly love what I do, and it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been able to open up to new risks and just try new things and just keep exploring all that we can for our students to be the best that we can for our students. What What did you get your – not what did you get. What did you do your dissertation on? Sure. Um it's like I don't remember the title. So I'm like augmented reality uh, for students to, uh, with learning disabilities to access their uh, literacy and vocabulary and content. So we used their regular old reader textbook, and we mm-hmm. used um, it's a RASMA, but I think it's called HP Reveal now. And we also used a 3D movie making software called MovieZoo, and we had their videos. Um, the videos pop up with characters that explain the vocabulary. It read the text aloud. It gave them context for their vocabulary. It was so much fun. Uh, my husband, uh, he has a great radio voice, so he did a lot of the reading, and it was just <laughs> a lot. It was just a great experience to see them grow and learn from the technology and using that technology to understand the content in their reader. So one question I have, because your path in education has been a little bit different, I guess, I think when teachers go, at least for me, and this is like a struggle that I even deal with still is like you go into teaching thinking the only thing I can do is be a classroom teacher Mm -hmm. and then you get burnout and you get tired of being in the classroom. And, but there's also this like, um, guilt almost. Uh, maybe this is just me. No, I don't know. I'm totally not in my head. But, yes. <laughs> but of leading the classroom to pursue something else, whether it's education or not. Um, but 
I think like, especially with talking to you, I'm realizing that there's so much more out there in education besides just being a classroom teacher. So you kind of addressed it a little bit, but I'm wondering if you have any other encouragement for a teacher who's maybe feeling like I'm not still wanting to be in the classroom, but I'm not wanting to leave education either. What do I do? How do I sit in that tension? And then what other things can I look into for a profession? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a hard place to be. I had a hard time like saying goodbye to that, that part. And you know how they say, oh, when a chapter closes, you know, all that great stuff, there's more to read or whatever it is. But it's so true. Like one chapter will end and something new will begin. And it's hard to be in that place where you're like, you know what? I don't think I'm being as effective as I could be in a different place. So how can I use what I know to influence others in a different way? So that started being, I truly loved working with my students with special needs in that multiple disabilities class. We were in a self-contained class. We had our own uh, rules, routines, um, and we had our own, um, we did plays, we did lots of different literacy and and cooking and, and daily living skills. And I truly enjoyed that teaching experience. But other things just started popping up that really piqued my interest and I wanted to, to dive into. So being a, a tech coaches weren't a thing at the time, but it was kind of like a tech coach for that school and to help more students than just the eight that were in my classroom. So now I'm compounding like, okay, so now I, I'm helping lots of different students with lots of different needs access their curriculum in different ways using technology. But now I'm also impacting their teachers and helping them with some best practices. And it was, it just started like, compounding on, on one another from one experience to another and doors just started opening. And it's, it's a weird place to be in that, that tension of saying goodbye and hello to a new opportunity or a new option. And I think if I could go back and just tell myself it takes time and to be patient because everybody just wants something to happen like right now. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and that that's okay. Just know that it takes time and patience and a a lot of prayer, I think also, um, because it, it, (laughs) It really will happen when it's supposed to. I don't know if that right. helped, but it is a hard thing to be. It's a hard thing to be in. Well, I think even just recognizing that that is a place that you can be and it's okay to be there mm-hmm. because I think there's this, you know, um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but if you don't enjoy being in the classroom anymore, then you're not truly a teacher or you're not passionate enough or whatever. And maybe those are things that just my brain is telling <laughs> me, but I, I think I have a feeling that there's probably a lot of other women out there who feel that way, mm-hmm. maybe men too, but specifically women when it comes to teaching. So I think just that encouragement that like, it's okay to be there. Right. Right. It's good. And there's so much more to do in education. You take those skills that you learn, they're transferable. You can go into industry. There's so many teachers that work, former teachers that work for companies now, and they inform LMS designer, they inform the design of a product or, you know, customer relationships with teachers. And they have those skills that only us teachers have, and they can bring to a new setting. So there's so many transferable skills. If you're in education and you're in like one or two years and you're fine, you know what? I don't think this is for me. That is an okay place to be and take those skills and use them in a place where you feel valued and that you feel that you can make a difference. All right, teachers, is it time to step up your school clothes? I think seriously that your outfit can make your day. Sometimes something as simple as a new outfit that you feel confident in can totally change your outlook on the day. So I've got something for you to make getting dressed for school in the morning 
way easier. Allison from Get Your Pretty On has a ton of wardrobe challenges that give you all the pieces you need to create the perfect outfit. What I love about this is that she tells you everything you need to buy. Pants, shirt, dresses, shoes, bags, accessories. You go buy it and then she shows you how to make the outfit. Here's what you get when you purchase one of her wardrobe challenges. A capsule wardrobe shopping list of on-trend items and classic basics. You're free to shop where you want and spend as much or as little as you want. You get links to shop for recommended items online or in store. Allison has done all the hard work for you by choosing items to suit every budget and body type. You also get a beautifully designed printable outfit guide so you can hang it in your closet when you need some inspiration. Seriously, y'all, this is so genius. She calls them a challenge, but there's not really anything about it that's a challenge. She just tells you what you need to buy and how you can style it and wear it so many different ways. And that's another thing I love about this. The challenge I used gave me the essentials I needed and then showed me all the different ways that I could put these pieces together to create different outfits. So each day I can leave the house wearing some of the same pieces, but in a completely different way each time. Each season she comes up with an updated guide for that season, plus she has a workwear challenge, a closet staples challenge, and even a challenge for stay-at-home moms. So I know we probably don't have many of those listening to the podcast, but during the summer we're kind of like stay-at-home moms, right? And we should look cute doing it. Then, have no fear, there are even a couple challenges for you if you're interested. If you want to get access to your style challenge, then head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash resources. It's on my website right there. It'll link you straight to the Get Your Pretty On website where you can go and buy your challenge. So on top of having your doctorate and teaching at a college campus, you also host a podcast mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've written a book, which is like my dream. So it's, it's awesome. <laughs> And I feel like you have like enough stuff to write a book and it would be amazing. I think that's my like, so each um, quarter I sit down and I kind of like make some goals, both personal and professional for the upcoming quarter, I guess. And I think that this winter, especially with being here in Germany and the snow and it being so cozy that I really want to try like hashing out what a potential book could look like for me, but this podcast isn't about me. It's about you. So (laughs) (laughs) tell us, um, about your book and your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, pre-service teachers are my jam. I really love working with them and helping them and guiding them along the way. And so Edumagic, a guide for pre-service teachers is all just that it's a conversation. It's written in a way that we are sitting down at your favorite coffee shop. I'm a huge fan of pumpkin spice latte, so it's my favorite time <laughs> of year. Um, and we're just having a conversation about what it's like to be an educator of excellence. And we go through those eight areas of edu magic, educate and engage, how to really dig deep into your coursework and not just learn for the A, but learn for the love of learning and to be the best educator you can be. Digital presence, rocking that digital portfolio and having a digital presence so whenever you graduate, there's something out there about you that you own and it's positive and it's professional. Uniting your PLN, finding the people around you who are going to help raise you up and support you as a new teacher is so critical, but having one as a pre-service teacher is just as important. You're not always going to have your roommate, your sorority sister, fraternity brother down the hall. You need to reach out to people around you. So getting connected on Instagram and on Twitter, Pinterest. Facebook, if that's a thing now, um, but like, <laughs> like seriously, like just being connected to educators who have been there, done that, got the t-shirt type deal, teachers who are in the same 
stage of life as you are. So other current, other uh, future teachers, administrators, they want to find you and they want to see what you're doing. So we're all about getting connected. Um, M is all about megapixels. So adding some sprinkles on those lesson plans, not just turning it in because it's for a class, but really like doing your best on this, on this assignment. Um, a is always be, so like always be a good human, advocate for your students, be thankful, be grateful, uh, be gracious. <clears throat> And G is one of my favorite chapters. It's called Get Out. <laughs> like, and if I could like impersonate Monica from Friends when she goes, Get out, that's what <laughs> I would do. Like, but I yeah, anywho. Um, so get out is get out of your classroom. So get out of your college class, go explore other places, go into fields and go into diverse fields, not just where you think you want to teach one day, like a first grade suburban class, but go in and find some different places that are educating students and try to build that diversity in your field work. Um, getting out of your regular scheduled programming, take some independent studies, dive into passion areas that drive you as an educator. And also um, getting out of your comfort zone, go to conferences and like amp it up a bit and present at one because that's pretty awesome. Um, I is inconceivable. Um, making the uh, technology, making the impossible possible for students, especially those with special needs. And C is Co-ops Gone Virtual, which is a really fun program that uh, we started here at the college for the tech of instruction class in which I teach. So instead of students just doing a Nearpod or a Canva or whatever XYZ tech tool you want to put in there for an assignment on a, based on a standard, they're actually creating it for a classroom teacher to use in their classroom. They, they partnered up with somebody through Twitter, through Instagram, and they connected them through box or email, whatever. And the current teacher gives them the content and the pre-service teacher creates something using that tech tool for that content, sends it back to that teacher to give them feedback. I've had students live teach um, or Skype into a class mm -hmm. and do that content. It has been an amazing experience and the quality of work is fantastic as they'll revise and edit and redo and take that feedback and, um, make something new with it. And it's just so cool to see them grow from freshmen all the way up to, you know, student teaching. I get to oversee them for student teaching too. So that's a little bit about Edgy Magic, the book. And I found that <clears throat> through the podcast, there's still more stories to tell. Throughout the book, there's pre-service teacher stories who have been there, done that, and how they've incorporated all these different areas into their college career. So that makes it really relatable for our pre-service teacher friends. But the podcast dives a little bit deeper, a little bit more into that content and brings uh, teacher, current teacher stories into the mix, showing that everyone gets to teaching in a different way. So not everybody is born to be born wanting to be a teacher. Not everybody has an inspiring teacher. Some people want to be teachers because they didn't have great teachers growing up, mm -hmm. or some people want to be teachers because they have amazing teachers. Some come into college and they change majors in or out of education. Some students go for a whole uh, different degree and then realize, you know what, I think I might want to be a teacher. Then they get a post back or a master's degree. Um, some students, uh, so, some teachers maybe whenever they were in college, they got kicked out of an education program and then they want to go back, you know, and they, they need to keep up that GPA. So it just is a great show that shares different teacher perspectives of current educators. And we also have pre-service teachers on the show sharing their advice related to the EduMagic framework. And then we just have just some like PD and professional stuff out there that's accessible, you know, bite-sized PD that, that we just help encourage and support them and just help them find a community. Cause I think that that's a audience of teachers out there that don't really have too much out there for them. I think we just assume, okay, they're in college, they're getting everything they know, but there's so much more out there. And I just, I just love 
reaching out and chatting with them and having them on the show and following up them, following them on Instagram. There's, there's amazing future teachers out there all over social media, killing it. And I just, I can't wait to see what they do whenever they're impacting classrooms. Well, it sounds like your book, even though it's written for pre-service teachers can be useful to teachers that are in the classroom right now. Like the things that you were listing are like, wait, a lot of teachers could benefit from those kinds of things, reading that. Exactly. And a lot of current teachers do read it. They've uh, a couple uh, one school did it for a new teacher mentorship program. And it's um, required in a couple of college courses uh, to, to read the book and to interact on Twitter and build that digital presence, build that PLN, and really think about how they're integrating technology. A couple of other universities picked up the virtual co-op program as well, and they've adapted it for their own needs. And that's been a lot of fun hearing how other higher ed institutions are leveraging the power of social media to connect their pre-service teachers and current educators. That's awesome. Way to go. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> yeah. much. So what are some, speaking of pre-service teachers, and you mentioned something that kind of leads into the question I want to ask you next about like uh, people changing majors either in or out of education in college or getting kicked out of the program. What are some misconceptions that you see teacher pre-service teachers coming into your classes with before they enter into the classroom. What are some things you see that are maybe like, hey, you need to pay attention to these things or whatnot? I think one of the biggest ones is coming in thinking they have it all figured out because they went to K-12 and the way that they were taught is the way to teach. Um, Mm -hmm. So thinking through best practices. Are they evidence-based? Are they peer review? Or is it just something you found on Pinterest that doesn't really have a lot of merit? So really looking through the teachers, pay teachers, or the Pinterest, whatever resources they're getting, which are great places to find resources, but being critical consumers and really understanding what they're pulling, making sure it's it's quality stuff. Um, Understanding that teaching is not just delivering content or the same lesson eight times or the same lesson every year. (laughs) So thinking through, it's so much more than content delivery. It's all about that planning and preparation. It's getting to know your students, building those relationships, always learning. Your learning doesn't stop when you cross that stage of graduation. It just keeps going. Um, So I would say one of the biggest misconceptions would be I'm thinking that they have teaching all figured out because they already went to school, but not basing their experience on teaching from the student perspective, but now switching it to the teacher perspective. I think that's so true. The being always being a continuous learner. That was something I had to like kind of a pride check when I started out in the classroom was like, wait, no, just because I went to college and I got my master's doesn't mean I know everything, even though I feel like I do. And it was very eye opening for me. To experience that. Right, right. I love the being a continuous learner, especially nowadays. You can learn anytime, so anywhere. Easily, yeah. I know. It's so You exciting. can listen to a podcast and learn. And it's, like this one, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. What do you say? Because you said you work with um, student teachers, yes. right? You're mm-hmm. Okay. So if there's a teacher listening that is going to be a cooperating teacher, Yes. to a student teacher. What do you say to them and encourage them in with welcoming someone into their classroom? Well, as a cooperating teacher, 
you sign up to have a student teacher for a reason. You want to impact the future generation of educators. And thank you for that. I commend you for that. We we love having great partnerships with our cooperating teachers. I'd say that one of the first steps you want to do upon meeting your student teacher would be set some expectations. Hopefully they come to the table saying, um, however long they're going to be in their, that experience, setting up some expectations that they want to have during this experience, or even if they don't come to the table with that, ask them, what are some things you expect from this student teaching experience? Do you want to try out a different tech tool? Do you want to try out this new strategy? Do you want to try out doing a, try doing a breakout with my students? Like think about some things that might set them apart during that interview process that they can talk about some ways that they engage students in learning. Um, and then also come with your expectations. Do you expect them to have their lesson plans fully written and ready to go the week before? Do you want them to start picking up classes every week? Do you want them to move to block schedule or weekly schedule? And some of that will come with the territory of the of the college supervisor. So they might have some um, expectations put in place, like, okay, after they teach one week of uh, the subject of math, they can move to a weekly schedule and then pick up a new subject for the following week, or however that, that works with that college um, department. You're going to want to also know how they're going to be evaluated. So you can also give them feedback that's um, thoughtful and meaningful. Um, I always ask my cooperating teachers about once a week to send me a little email, two areas in which our student teachers are glowing and some in which they need to grow. Then that helps form our conversations while we're having our supervisor and supervisee or mentee meeting or whatever you want to call that um, mm -hmm. with our student teachers. Like, you know, I noticed um, whenever I came and observed, I noticed these areas you're rocking it in, but let's talk about some ways that you're owning your professional development this, this month or the, this week or whatever it might be. How are you getting involved in schools? Um, so maybe that even for that cooperating teacher, maybe you provide your student teacher with a, a calendar of school events that are going on that they can get involved. Encourage them to like take a leadership role and take a be a participant in their own experience, not just sit back and observe for a whole week, unless that's what the college wants, but have them, have them be involved, have them create an about me video just, you know, for that student or just for the students that they have, or have them create a little meet the student teacher letter, you know, have them be involved early in the, in the planning and, and the delivery of content, whether it be like working in small group or one-on-one -on -one and then moving to a large group and just have them be comfortable with asking questions and just getting to know them. And there really is no silly question. And I think student teaching is the only time in which you have a another, a certified teacher in the room that has your back. So mm -hmm. encourage them to take those risks, try something new. And you know what, if something fails, that is okay. Cause you're going to learn from it. Even if you might learn something more, even if it were, if, were, if it, that lesson were to be successful, you know, so thinking through right. and reflecting and taking risks, I think would be one of my big pieces of advice for cooperating teachers and encouraging them through modeling, through trying something, you know, maybe, um, a lesson didn't land right and the and the student switched to another to another class and that's where you chat with your student teacher oh you know what i don't think i explained those those directions properly like reflect aloud with them so they can see okay this teacher has 35 mm -hmm. years experience and it's okay to make to make mistakes and reflect and refine even between classes Right, right. I know that's a lot. Sorry, well, kind of like a rabbit trail. No, <laughs> no that's great. That's what that's what we're here for. Um, what about the student teacher who is with a cooperating teacher that is not being helpful or not being. Now I know that obviously like you go and 
would talk to your uh, supervisor, the person that, you know, is helping you. But if you're trying just to work things out on your own and, um, yeah, how do, how does a student teacher kind of balance that teacher who's not handing over any, any reins or is being too controlling and not allowing you to experiment and fail and whatnot? Yeah. So I think that's where setting those expectations and having that conversation early is super important. So maybe you just need to come back to the table and be like, you know what, I, I would really like to try this new thing in my class. And what I tell my student teacher just maybe isn't the right thing to do, but I tell them, you know what, tell them your supervisor wants to see you do this thing in your class. And so see if that helps. <laughs> um, if I'm their yeah. supervisor, I will tell them, you know, if they're not being very cooperative, um, definitely bring your supervisor in on that conversation. Um, let them know things that, how you try to approach it, but be a professional and respect that teacher because they do have that years of experience. They do require that respect and that rapport. And hopefully you've built that rapport a little bit before a little, you know, tiff comes in, in the way of that relationship, but bring your supervisor in on that conversation. Maybe they can have a, a one-on-one with the, with the cooperating teacher and then bring you in on it or have like a, a conversation with every, with all the parties. I think it's just important to have open communication. So it doesn't get to that point where it's like, I don't want to go to school today. My stomach hurts, <laughs> you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, so you have that that open communication. I think that's what's critical, and setting those expectations early in that in that experience could also help to not have that happen as much. Um, oh, and then one more thing. So for the student teachers, like, oh, they're not letting me take over, not let me take risks. Focus it back on the students. And I learned this from a student teacher a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes it's not about you, you know, sometimes it's about those students. How, how are you going to reach them today with what you can control? What can you do to impact the student and keep that focus back on those students? So maybe if your co-op is not letting you take any risk or try anything new, bring that conversation back to the students. Like, I think the students would benefit from this activity because not, I want to try a breakout. I want to do this today or tomorrow, try to focus it. I think they can really show their critical thinking and communication skills by doing this breakout on whatever, whatever the topic is. I would really like to try that with them and see, see how it goes. I think it would help with my classroom management and managing student behavior. So bring up some of those good teacher terms and see if focusing the conversation back on those students could help you out too. Well, and when you said that, my mind went to if the teacher isn't letting you take over, you can still in independent work time be working with students in a one-on-one setting and assisting the kids in that way. And still, I like what you said about, it's not about you bringing it back to the kids, which is what teaching is all about Right at the end of the day. You're absolutely right. And thinking, I think in our beginning freshman, sophomore year, we think teaching is about us and our content delivery and all that stuff. But really throughout that senior year, student teaching, field work, we're realizing, you know what, we are vessels for content, we're vessels for building relationships, but at the end of the day, it's about my students and what's going to impact them and how can I be the best that I can for my students today. I think that is a really powerful thing to end on. (laughs) Can you tell us where we can uh, find you to follow you on social media, get your book, listen to the podcast? All the things? Yes, all the things. (laughs) 
Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, so you can find me over at sfesich.com, and that's S-F-E-C-I-C-H. There you can find information for the podcast and the book. And on social media, I'm at sfesich on Twitter and Instagram. So I'd love to connect and learn from all of you. And I will link to all that also in the show notes so people can go find it because, yeah, you're going to have to spell your – well, no, I can read your last name online, but you're going to have to pronounce it for <laughs> <Absolutely>. me. <laughs> Absolutely, no problem. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun and a dream come true. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, teacher friend, I officially have an Amazon shop up and ready for you to do some shopping in. I, of course, have things for all of my favorite topics like classroom organization and classroom management and teacher must-haves. I link to all the Kagan books and resources that I recommend because if you've been around here for any length of time, you know that I love to talk about Kagan Cooperative Learning and I love to share their resources with teachers because they truly are so, so helpful. They're legit made by real teachers, so they actually are usable. I've also got my favorite baskets, bins, organization tools linked up there. Some of them are the exact ones I use in the classroom. So if you're wondering what organization things you need in your classroom, you can head to www.amazon.com slash shop slash the simply organized teacher. And because I can't leave without telling you some of my favorite personal items, I've also got a list of those too. Mainly right now, it's just books that I highly recommend, but I plan to continuously update it with more and more stuff as I come across things I love and things I want to tell you about. If you love this podcast, if you love the Simply Organized Teacher blog and the resources and you want to help it continue, then I invite you to hop on over to Amazon and purchase through the Simply Organized Teacher Amazon shop since a portion of what you pay will come straight to me to be reinvested right back into the Simply Organized Teacher and all the great things that are going on over here. You can get all the organization stuff you need for your classroom plus a few of my favorites at amazon.com slash shop slash the Simply Organized Teacher. I love the way Sam answered my last question about what to do when you have a cooperating teacher who isn't cooperating with you. I actually had a whole nother question for her, but her answer was so profound about always remembering to serve the kids that I completely forgot I had another thing I wanted to ask her. But something tells me I have a new friend and she'll happily come back on the podcast if I want her to though. If you enjoyed listening to us chat, then I would recommend, encourage, invite you to go check out her podcast and you can listen to the interview where I got to sit in the hot seat and I was interviewed by Sam. All right, you guys, I will see you back here next week. Until then, if you want to support the podcast, you can leave a rating and review over on iTunes. You can sign up for the email newsletter at bit.ly slash where I send weekly teaching support, encouragement related to organization and management. Or you can also check out the Simply Organized Teacher Shop where I've got tons of great resources and I am in the process of adding lots of new ones. So head on over there to simplyorganizedteacher.com. Everything will be there. Show notes, uh, way to sign up for the email list, the TSOT shop. All right, you guys, I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at thesimplyorganizedteacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.